0: I remember one of the first times that happened to me. When we talk about uh, what experience uh, or, or, or something that happened to you that, that opened your eyes to new things, the truth is, is Jesus has done a lot of that in my life. And uh, I remember as a, as a young person reading poetry and feeling that I was kind of like expanding my mind and... and uh, and that was kind of enlightening to me. I mean, literature can do that, can't it? Uh, if you read the right kind of literature, it will just kind of like open you up to open new worlds to you. And, uh, and, it, and the, some of that is just something that we have to and should experience as, as, as people. Um, but I'll tell you the, 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 the major thing, the, the major shift, in you, and I know you get this because this has happened to you. Um, when, you uh, when I became a Christian, everything changed i started looking at things differently and a lot of that was driven obviously by the holy spirit uh in fact all of it was driven by the holy spirit when i'd open open the bible um you know so I, perhaps like like so many other people i mean you, you pick up the bible and you start at the beginning like you would a novel or anything like that and you make it like a chapter and a half and you says man i don't get this at all um you need to know that that's not how you read the Bible. Think of the Bible as a, uh, a collection of short stories. It's not that, but uh, for the purposes, of, uh, of, my, uh, for the purposes of, of reading and understanding, go you know, in other words, you can start someplace else. And I would say start in the book of John. But I remember opening the book of Matthew, and there was one thing I remember early on, one of the first things that God just kind of blew me, blew me away with, uh, and that's that's how I, I I express like wow I never saw that before I'm blown away you know you get it, and and so I was reading and he said out of the abundance of the of the heart the mouth speaks, yep. and I was a potty mouth I I mean I was a real potty mouth I mean uh, that's one way of saying it, and I didn't know how to stop I didn't know how to change, and uh, and so it was kind of disconcerting to me to realize that. Uh, the problem was not with my mouth, but it was my heart. Okay? You understand that? You understand? The problem with what we say, you know, if it's, if it's a heart problem. Kind of like my, my friend over in uh, Japan, uh, he would, some people would come in and say, I got all these problems. He says, you don't have these problems. What you have is a sin problem. Okay? It's the, out of the abundance of what's inside of you, you live and you speak okay get the get the inside taken care of and the outside will begin to clean up you know you, you understand what I'm saying so if you have a you know if you have a problem with uh, with with this thing or that thing and, and I don't want to get too simplistic here but ultimately the problems' in here okay the problems in here now um Speaking of this, now, earlier this month, we've been in a series called Jesus Came. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at, we're, we're in the middle of Advent, which is, uh, simply means the coming, or the coming of Christ. And so we're focusing on that. And then the, earlier in the month, uh, G, we, we began the, the series, Jesus Came. And the first message was Jesus came to set you free. Okay, I mean, that was his purpose, that uh, living in bondage... Was not God's intention for you, and His purpose in coming was to release you from the bondage. And quite frankly, uh, the primarily it's not it's the bondage of sin. And uh, so He came for that. He also came. Now this was a little bit disconcerting. Like I said last week, the first time I read this in Scripture, it just I had to I rocked back on my heels and said, I don't get that. And it says He, he said, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And what he was really saying was that uh, just by virtue of you accepting me, there will be people in your life that reject that. And that will bring division in your home. That will bring division and friends. And then he follows that up and says that there will be... And, and uh, he, he, will all, he ultimately says there will be this pull for you to... Because you love your friends. You love your And you love this other world that, that you're coming out of. There will be a temptation to slip back into it. He says, and unless you love me more than these things, you are not worthy of me. Okay? So that's where the division comes. Now today... And um, uh, as I said before, next week we have the Christmas program. You've got to be there, and you've got to bring something. You know, just, you know, grab an unbeliever. Drag him in here, okay? Like I, I've got a friend who says, when he, when he goes up in the rapture, I'm just going to reach out and grab two, you know? <laughs> and drag him with me when I go, you know? Uh, you know and this is kind of like that. This is pre-rapture salvation, okay? This is get them, you know? So, so they can see, in in, uh, they can see a different picture of Christmas, rather than the trampling at the malls. That's a picture. The big red guy in the suit with a fan on him, you know, because you know the suit's hot and the malls and the kids are sticky. Okay, and I mean, you know, that's that's one picture, you know. And uh, give a give a give a garment. You know, all those things that they see. Let them see a different picture. Let them see that Jesus came into the world, not just to hang out in a, in a crib with cattle lowing, but that he came to change lives, and he changes them today. So you bring them, okay? All right. Uh, today, I want, I want to, to present to you that Jesus came to open your eyes to love. To open your eyes to love. Now, uh, you're, you're going to say, well, duh, Pastor, I, I know about love, right? Right? I know about love. Let's talk about that. Uh, I want to start with a passage of Scripture. 1 John 4, uh, verses 7. and, And I'll read there. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. For by this... The love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Okay? That's a pretty powerful passage of Scripture. Yeah? And it's also a passage that was written to people who, who, who had Christ within them. This was the church that he was talking to. Okay? He said, Let us love one another. For love is from God. Okay. Now, when we talk about love and there, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in the scripture about love okay and the world their their concept of God and we've talked about this before is God is love okay and that's the extent, extent of their theology it's kind of like a, a uh, someone who takes a passage of scripture and just runs with it you know okay God's love okay well and, and I shared this with you before if God God is love and he loves me he wants me to be happy doesn't he you know Eating cookies makes me happy. So God wants me to eat, eat cookies, right? Okay? There's a little song I used to, you know, when I first started playing the guitar, and, you know, it's just eating cookies makes me happy. You know, I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> and so, you know, or we can take that same logic and say, well, God is love. And, and uh, you know, doing drugs makes me happy. God wants me to be happy, so he's okay with my drugs. God, God is love. God loves me. And He wants me to be happy, right? Going to the club and drinking myself into, into a stupor makes me happy. At least for a little while. The next morning's a drag. But but that makes me happy. So God's good with that, right? Wrong. See, see, there's more to this thing. What is love? Okay? What is love as we approach this and say, okay. You know, when we say, what, God is love, what are we talking about here? I mean, we have a tendency to take this and just kind of like, you know, run it through our own filters. And, and, and define God by, by what we believe and what we've grown to know love is, okay? Now, now as I begin this message, I, I'd like to talk about love. And, and as, you know, as we know and we see it on a daily basis. Now, few people here are entirely off the grid. Maybe no one is off the grid here. In other words, uh, that's to say that there are many out there who don't have a TV, cable, internet, radio, etc. I mean, we know about Jay Leno, don't we? If I throw a Jay Leno joke out that I've, somewhere I've, I've seen, some of you will get it. Some of you will say, yeah, I heard, you know, you're just repeating Jay Leno, pastor. Uh, you know about presidential politics. Sesame Street, Big Bird, NPR, and all the, the variety of, of media-related pop culture stuff. Many, I mean, none of us are, are entirely off the grid. We know about this. We even know how, about how to dance Gangnam Style. Okay? Something. I don't know. I don't know. Okay? Yes. yes. Some of you are off the grid on that one. You don't know what, what, what's a pastor talking about, right? Okay. okay, we know about these things and, and, and all these media-related things, but what about love? Is that present in our pop culture? Where do we get our information and how, we, how have we defined in our own mind uh, what love is? And, and I, I, would, I would venture to say that the pop culture and what we see and what we experience is really, really strong. Uh, is a strong influence on how uh, people see what, what love is. In other words, we, just, we decide what love is, and a, lot, a variety of things is based upon all the information we're receiving. Okay? You know? If you don't read the Bible, and, but you watch Jerry Springer, you're going to have a really messed up idea about what love is. <laughs> okay? you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. And so, um, you know, in, in the world, if, in the world uh, let's talk about love as we, we see it and understand it in the world. Love is conditional in the world, isn't it? I love you if, okay, I love you if you do this. Now, uh, you know, I've I've seen a lot of young women who've been messed up by their parents because love was this kind of thing that if you'll do this, I'll love you. How many young women have kind of fallen for that? If you love me, love is often, love in, in the world, and when we talk about love, in our minds, it's often about sexual intimacy, isn't it? Love and, and we say love scene, da 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 etc. 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 It's about sex. It's the kind of things that you don't watch, that you don't want to watch on TV. You want your kids watching on TV. And love in the world is also about fleeting passions. In other words, feelings that kind of, uh, in, in other words, they just kind of come and go. Okay. We, I fall in love. I fall out of love. Right. And and it's really about how I feel towards someone at a a certain moment. I don't even control it in the world because it's motivated by by what I'm feeling at a particular time, any any given moment. Here's, Here's another thing about that kind of love. It usually leaves somebody feeling used. Does that make sense to you? That's the world's version of love. There's always a counterfeit of what God intends. And too often we settle for the counterfeit and think that we got the real thing. The love the world advocates is a love that turns out to be self-serving. Self-serving, narcissistic, that's a, that's a word for some of you. Pretty much means the same thing. The love the world advocates usually diminishes somebody in the relationship. And, and if you peel it back, you know, you're, 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 it's like, you know, I've got we had corn this year so i had to do a lot of peeling back to find out whether or not i did have corn sometimes i just had an empty stalk I said, well you look so good you know it's green on the outside pull this back and i said and there was nothing in there but when we peel it back when we look at this whole thing about how the world defines love we often find that what we that, that what we look in what's in there is 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 focused on what's in it for me that's the motivation. It's a self-centered love. It's something that takes, not gives. And somehow two people get together and they're both taking, or in a relationship, they're both taking and wondering why that there is no satisfaction here. The satisfaction is fleeting. It just kind of comes and goes. and You know? So, That's the world's version of love, isn't it? I'm thinking that such kind of love is—it's is lacking something. It's missing something. It seems to destroy, rather than build. It—it—it—it—it it, 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 um, it manipulates. It destroys people. The satisfaction in this kind of love is temporary and physical. And rather than giving, and adding to one's life, it reduces people. And it leaves you with the kinds of scars that are a whole lot like abuse. Anybody with me on this you know and yet yet we because of our, pl- our our capacity to plug in and our uh, you might say we you know we're we're hooked i mean i've got a you know I've got a media thing here i could you know I've got a phone sitting there and I've got t- we've got cable, you know. Because of that, though, the signals and the messages are, are, are powerful. And if that's all you're hearing, you're going to have a different kind of view of what, what love is. And when, God, when, when I say things like, God is love, the, that automatically through the filters of all of these crazy things, you're going to define God in a way that's incorrect, impossible. That's not what love is. It's not what God is. Let me, let me read a passage of Scripture. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. You know it. The context is a little different, but the principles and everything, the truths are the same. You know, he, God, when He came, He brought us a picture of what love is. You know, and we see that throughout Jesus' ministry, don't we? He would say things like, you've heard it said this, but I say to you, Kind of trying to, you might say, taking the fog off the lens so we can see clearly what this thing is. Sin and, and, and our own desires sometimes twists the truth of God. That's crazy, isn't it? We need, the scripture tells us that we will know the truth and what will the truth do? It will set us free. God wants us to be free and we need to have a really good grasp of what love is. It's such a driving force in life. Paul says it this way. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, in other words, if I'm a pretty spiritual guy, and do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove the mountains, do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned and do not have love, it profits me nothing. Now, here's here's where the good stuff is. He said, Love's patient, love is kind, and is not jealous, does not brag, it's not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not easily provoked. It's not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and I don't see a word in there about sex. (laughs) That's what love is. I don't see a word in there about some of the things about uh, about and think about and 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 as we look at this and sometimes we hear this we hear this uh, you know it's like we have a wedding and somebody will get up and read thirteenth chapter and that's okay that's okay it's not bad but but it's it's been and this is a litmus test that is provided to us by God of, of if you really want to know if he says I love you girls. Through, run, run him through that ringer <laughs> run him through that litmus test he's patient he's kind he's not self-serving self-seeking okay? Okay? we're going to talk about that and same thing tr- is true with, with guys if, if she says she loves you throw it through the test we're probably going to fail ourselves in some of these things but we need to know what the truth is Jesus came to reveal the truth about love. Why? Because it's so powerful. It's so powerful. It motivates it and changes relationships. It has the capacity to change the world and did change the world and has. This time of year, this time of year, we celebrate the coming of our Savior. His arrival changed the status quo. Okay? In so many ways. Something that was up to that point in time impossible with people became not only possible, but within reach. Not only salvation, but the image and the likeness of God became reachable for you in Christ Jesus. Real change, real purity, real holiness, real power became reachable in Christ Jesus for you and for me. He revealed and taught what could be attained through, through and in him. Now what were some of those things? Obviously communion with God. When, this, when Jesus came, I mean, there, uh, there was a point in time when you might say the veil was torn and we had direct access with God. We had that and no one had that before. Not that kind. Peace with others. Love of, love of a different kind and that's where we're going. Now in John the 15th chapter, Here's a passage. I, don't, I, don't, I just want to throw this in. John, and Jesus is speaking here. This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are from God, little children, and I've overcome them. And greater is he who is in you than he is in, who is in the world. Now, there's a passage of Scripture that I read in the beginning. I left out a verse on purpose because I wanted to bring it into you now. In 1 John, the fourth chapter, and I read this before, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of, of God was manifest in us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Now I want you to catch this. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Could I say to you that love is not a feeling? It's a decision, an action, that often flies in the face or contradicts what you're feeling. There are some of you that are more lovable than others. And you say, right back at you, Pastor. (laughs) Yet we embrace each other. Love is not necessarily what we feel, but what we decide to do. It's a decision. It's an action. Love isn't self-serving. It's sacrificial. Are you following me here? That's what love is. It's sacrificial. It's a decision. Love doesn't seek to satisfy, satisfy itself, but finds satisfaction in the act of giving to someone else. Think about that. Uh, no, I'm not going to sit here with a red suit and say it's better to, to give than to receive. And we know that that's true. Scripture but it's pointing to a deeper truth and we're touching that now. Love doesn't use others. It blesses others. Love doesn't diminish someone else. It gives them worth. Love doesn't seek to save itself, but it will save you. You get the picture here? You get the picture? Love came down. In, in order to, to rescue those who could not save themselves. Love was the motivation. I was looking at this this morning and thinking, well, what else am I going to tell? And, I, and my, my mind went, a, went to a story of a woman. This was in the, I believe, in the 1800s. And, you know, medicines have come a long way. Anybody thank God for Tylenol? yeah and for some of the things that that you know your child has got a fever okay. there used to be times when things would sweep across our our nation- uh, across nations and leave behind it a whole lot of graves, sicknesses typhus different different things and and this story came out of that kind of an era, and I don't know how many children this woman had but she had about a five or six-year-old girl and a small one, a little one. And this is, this is a true story. And, and uh, the child was sick. I believe it was with typhus or something like that. It was very contagious, very contagious. And the child was losing ground. A lot of people had died in that, that town during that epidemic. And so Mama was doing her best. I mean, very, very contagious, the child was. and Mom was doing her best to take care of her. And in the, the last throes of her illness, there's the, you know, you know, they, the parents, of course, you always hold out hope, don't you? You don't give up. You don't give up. But you know, this is happening. And this child was dying. And she reached up. Her mother was in the room with her and holding her and touching her. And that was dangerous enough. She said, Mama, kiss me. Mom knew what that meant. Mom knew what that meant. She reached down and kissed her daughter. Well, the daughter died, of course. We know that that was coming. But so did mom eventually. You know what Christmas is about? God looking down and seeing you and me and the rest of the world enslaved by sin. And all that that meant I say enslaved by by sin, all the hurt, all the pain, all those things, the destruction. Christmas is about that. God looking down into our eyes, into our circumstances, and kissing us. And in that moment of that kiss, sin was passed to him. And then the sacrifice was made on the cross that was love that kiss and I'm speaking allegorically I guess that touch that entering into our lives becoming a man throwing off his his royal robes and stepping into a place of sin knowing what was coming 30 some years later the pain, the agony Knowing that that would ultimately save us. That is love. That is love. And greater love has no man than this that he willingly gave his life for his friend. What does he say? You're my friends. You're my disciples if you do what I say. (laughs) Oh, a cross. A cross. The ages. Has there ever been love like that? We throw that term around so easily. It's maligned, it's used, it's abused. But what love? But what love that God has given to us? It says, He loved you so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him would what? Would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the power. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. That's love delivered to us at at a most exorbitant price so that you and I would not die, that we would have everlasting life, so that we would be set free from sin, that we could live in freedom. That we could live with joy. We could live on a different plane with our eyes open, our hearts on fire for the God who loves us. Oh, no longer under the chains, under the weight and the burden of sin. That's love. That's that's love. Staying with me. (laughs) Jesus came to reveal love what love was. And did you know that you were the object of his love? Amen. Amen. You're here today. I just want you to know that if you'll give your heart to Christ, if you'll surrender to him, you'll experience that love. You'll experience the effects and the purpose of that love. Because he will set you free. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads real quick. Is there anybody here who's never experienced that love and that freedom before? But you want to. Let me see your hand. Now you're just being honest with me. You say, I've never experienced that. I want to experience that. How about I've experienced that. I've walked away from it. But I need to come come home. I need to come back. Let me see your hand. I just want to pray for you. I'm not trying to rat, run up numbers or anything like that? There's a reason God wanted this preached today. You needed to hear it. Hallelujah. Let's worship Him. These, again, as we worship Him, these altars are open. You know, it's not about how we feel at the moment. We've, it's about God's faithfulness. And sometimes it takes some standing. Amen? And say, God, I know. I believe you. I trust you. These, these words are true. His, never, his love never fails. You can trust him. You can trust him. Amen?